0: Klein Show, and I am your host, Monica Leal Klein. Thanks for joining me today, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that you are enjoying your time right now. Now, you might be driving, uh, you might be doing laundry, uh, you might have screaming kids running around your house, and you've got earbuds in your ears as you listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, who knows what you're doing? But I'm glad that you're here with me today. Uh, today I have a special guest that I want you guys to meet and her name is Sarah Zar. That's a pretty cool name. And she is the leader of the students for life in our state, my state here in Texas, but she's also, she's actually over five states and she does an amazing job as the director of students for life in this area because she is building up leaders uh, the pro-life generation. And when I'm talking about leaders, what she's doing is she is working specifically with millennials and Gen Z. And, you know, this is important because we know, we all know how important our children are. And as moms and dads, we are very aware of how important our children are. Uh, but there are some things that I think that maybe we have been ignoring for a long time. And that is helping our children to find purpose, meaning, Um, to become a part of something where they're impacting their community as well. And some of you might be doing a great job doing this. You probably volunteer with your kids in different places and that's, and that's amazing. Now, one of the things that Sarah is doing is that she is helping youth to learn more about the pro-life world. Um, She teaches them pro-life apologetics. She helps them to get plugged in into the pro-life movement And you're going to hear a lot about what they are doing on a national level and then how they're doing that here in our state of Texas. Um, You know, and so I think you can glean a lot from what she has to say about what they're doing and how they've been involved uh, because guys, they're, they're making impact in the community with door knocking but they're also impacting policy by questioning candidates. Okay. So they're training up millennials and Gen Z on the, on the issues and then teaching them how to ask questions, important questions of candidates. Also how to testify for bills at our Capitol, you know, in various states. And so this is becoming part of the process. So when people say, Oh, I don't want to be politically involved, then you basically don't want to be involved in, um, your everyday living in this country because that's what this is about. So as we're in our home, we have rules for our home. Uh, we lock our doors and we might even have a rule about keeping the doors locked. Uh, we may have rules about keeping the place clean or uh, we watch TV at a certain hour or not. I mean, we've got all kinds of, we're like this little mini world in our, <laughs> in our own homes. Uh, but to teach our children how to become part of the process or basically the rules um, in our country is important because our country is also our home. And we've got to take care of our country and we have to be as much as possible of one mind within our country to ensure that our liberty and our and our lives are not being impeded on. And when it comes to the pro-life movement, we're talking about some of the most, we're talking about the most vulnerable people in our community, which are the pre-born children who do not have a voice of their own unless we become their voice. Um, so to involve ourselves and our kids in this movement is so important. And I a hundred percent endorse and trust students for life. Everything I've seen them do has been so positive, uh, so life affirming at any, at any stage of your life. So I know that you're going to really enjoy this interview with Sarah Zarr. You're going to learn more about what she's doing through students for life and how you and your children can become involved.
1: Hey, Sarah, thanks
0: for being on the podcast.
1: Hi, Monica. Thank you for having me. It's great to be on.
0: Girl, you have been so busy. I have been seeing your social media, which you are really good at you and the rest of the students for life that are involved with you. And you all have been in various states. You have been yeah. at the Texas Capitol. I mean, you guys have been everywhere. Tell me a little bit. Catch us up. What, do you, what have you been doing with Students for Life? And, and also, for our listeners, let them know who you are, what your position is at Students for Life.
1: Yes, for sure. So I am the Texas and Southern Regional Manager with Students for Life of America. And so I have been all over because my territory actually includes five different states And so just since January, well, just in the last few weeks, I've been in Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Alabama, and Mississippi, which is all of the states that I cover. And then I also sometimes do travel outside of my region to help students for life in other areas. So just this year, I've also been to Georgia and dc and virginia and so yes i definitely have been all over and people keep saying that based on social media too so it's kind of funny because i always forget oh yeah you know because you follow me but people are always like you've been all over sarah and i'm like how do they know that but yes social media is a (laughs) good tool (laughs) for keeping everybody updated
0: (laughs) Well, we're going to be um, talking a lot more about what exactly you've been doing in all those areas. But I do have to say, Sarah, that I'm I'm, myself and and a lot of the people that I work with are so impressed with your work because it's not just you. You are basically building up young people Mm -hmm. to advocate for life, to testify for bills, uh, either for or against them. I mean, you've trained up a, a lot of students for life to be able yeah. to be leaders in their communities. And so it's not all about Sarah. It's mm-hmm. Sarah who's <laughs> bringing up leaders all over, you know, in these different states and you come alongside them, train them. And it's just amazing. So um, we're praying for you because what you're doing is such a huge blessing because you're, I mean, I can't say it enough. You are training up leaders and that is yeah. so important. Um. Tell me more about, about that. What's your experience with that?
1: Yeah, I love that you said that because I always try to explain my job to people and it's so all over the place sometimes. And any day can look different. So sometimes people are like, what's a typical day? And I I never have an answer for that. But the one thing that I always come back to is that is really my primary job is training up pro-life leaders. And that will be those leaders for a lifetime and actually be impacting this culture. And so I have... It's just incredible because I've been in this role with students for life for three and a half years now, and i've seen students go from you know being timid and unsure if they even want to be involved at all to starting a students for life group to leading that group as president and actually starting a movement on their campus or in their high school and being bold enough to then you know go and protest the abortion industry or go and testify for a bill which is hard nerve wracking things to do but even when they're not ready just getting to mentor them through that process and encourage them is really why i love doing what i do and now i have seen some of my students graduate and go into the pro-life movement full-time whether that's going and working now for students for life of america in another role or working for another pro-life organization and that's when I look back and see, okay, what we're doing is working. We're actually building up an army of pro-life leaders that are going to do this full time. Or, you know, there's other students who just in their careers are able to be pro-life, whether they were a nursing student or went on to med school or law school, they're able to, you know, be pro-life in those careers. So I always go back to that as I'm training leaders, even though, you know, we do that through a lot of different ways, but...
0: It is very impressive, and I know one of your students really well. Um, and 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 I, I love to to train up leaders, parent leaders, and young people <laughs> leaders. And you gave me the opportunity to speak to your students for life in San Antonio, yeah. and um, and it was the first time that they had really heard about how sex education. Is actually the vehicle that leads to abortion. It grooms children right. to need abortion services and normalize it. And it blew them away. Some of some of those students literally were covering their eyes, but they stuck yes. it out. I mean, and, and I wasn't even showing them <laughs> I anything, know. But um, yeah, I know because it was a lot, you know. And, yes. and uh, mm-hmm. but a little a little uh, recognition here to Melanie Salazar and to Jaime. You know, they yeah. have been so involved. Uh, Jerry has also been so involved in learning more about sex education, mm-hmm. but you know, Jaime and Melanie uh, wanted; they they kept asking for more training, so I gave them more training behind the scenes, oh, and mm-hmm. uh, and they and then I sponsored them to become sexual risk avoidance specialists, and and so they learned even more about sex education and the way that we That's can amazing. teach abstinence mm-hmm. to children. And Melanie now, I don't know if you know this; I'm sure she told you, has been invited. To speak and train young people in Uganda, Africa, yes, because she is yeah. a sexual risk avoidance specialist mm-hmm. and such a pro-life advocate. so yeah. it's it's awesome to see, and you see it more, you know, just how these mm-hmm. young people they they take the training that they're given and they just do amazing things with it. I mean, she's going all the way to Uganda. So I think yeah. that's awesome. She's a special lady. Um,
1: she is yeah, I love that you trained her in that, and just to see what she's able to do is really exciting, so we love that you did that, thank you.
0: Yeah, well, and Melanie seeks out a lot of training. She, She's, uh, you know, and, and that's what I'm seeing with these youth is that they mm-hmm. are not being trained in just one area, but they start to see the need in all these right. different areas. So I noticed mm-hmm. she and and a lot of other students for life have received training from different places to really strengthen the work that they're doing in the community. And I think that's awesome. But, you know, Sarah, you're doing something that that reminds me of something I, I used to do in the past but I've never seen it in the pro life movement. Mm-hmm. And I want you to tell us more about this because what I'm seeing is that you are doing door-to-door outreach. Can you tell us more about that?
1: Yes. So, we have we started getting involved with door knocking during the 2020 elections because we have a C4 organization that's our sister organization called Students for Life Action and what we were finding that while we were yeah we were you know promoting a pro life candidate and getting them to vote the real importance of that door knocking was we were changing hearts and minds at the door and we were able to have conversations with them to you know convince people who were pro choice into being pro life or maybe it was just somebody who didn't really understand the issue and we were able to educate them on it. And so we wanted to somehow keep doing that beyond just elections and a candidate. And so we one of the a big campaign we decided to launch especially, you know, trying to pivot and figure out okay, if we can't be on campuses as much because of COVID, how can we still change hearts and minds through dialogue? Because that's something huge that we do at Students for Life. And so we came up with what we're calling the Pro-Life Future Campaign. And it's actually a comprehensive campaign to turn a city into being pro-life. And it's me- it's doing stuff on campuses, in the community, and at people's computers through a Comprehensive digital marketing campaign. And so the community aspect is this door to door knocking, one of the community aspects. And what we're doing is we have a script to advertise pregnancy resource centers in the area. So here in my region, we're doing the campaign in Dallas. And so we're going door to door and we're specifically targeting the neighborhoods that are closest to one of the abortion facilities which is in Dallas. One of those facilities is the Southwest Women's Surgery Center. So we're pretty nearby that facility in those neighborhoods. And so when we go to the door, we're telling them, hey, did you know there's a comprehensive pregnancy resource center near you? And then they'll answer you know, that they don't know that or they do. And we tell them more about that facility. And then the next question goes into, did you know that there's also, unfortunately, an abortion facility in your neighborhood? And they're then you know, they'll answer yes or no, and we ask them if they're okay with that and if abortion should be an option. So then when they answer, that's when we get the opportunity to, if they're pro-life, we try to get them on board with the campaign through taking a yard sign, and it's actually an advertisement for pregnancy resource centers. It says Standing With You, free pregnancy resources, and has our standingwithyou.org website which is an initiative of Students for Life that lists every single pregnancy resource center across the nation and connects people through a chat line and a hotline that we're partnering with Human Coalition on um, to get people connected to pregnancy resource centers. So if they're pro-life, they get a yard sign that advertises that and you know shows that there's support in the community and then if they say that they are okay with abortion we go into explaining how the abortion facility near them you know kind of the things that they're doing and so for Dallas we talk about how they routinely sell their health inspections which is the case for most of the abortion facilities around the country. So we talk about that. We talk about, you know, if anything crazy has happened at the facility, the one in Dallas, a woman died there because of a botched abortion. So we talk about that and how they abort babies until 21 weeks, by which point the baby can feel pain. And so we go into talking about that. And we actually had our first door knocking day with this March 20th, so a couple weeks ago. And After we would just explain those points, people would be like, oh, I had no clue. I didn't know that, you know, or I didn't know it was that late term. And so then we would have a really good conversation. And I saw people change their mind and say, okay, yeah, we don't support that then. And it was just really incredible to see that you can change people's minds and hearts at the door. And and we didn't really know how this was going to go because this is such a different approach than, you know, doing it politically or, We're just going door to door to raise awareness of the pregnancy centers. So that was great. And then we left a lot of, we have door hangers that we leave if the people aren't home. And we also give them that information if they do answer. But it compares the services that are offered at the Pregnancy Resource Center and what's offered at the abortion facility and shows that that facility doesn't actually offer services. They just offer primarily abortions, and that their other services cost and shows that it's free. So there's lots of information, too, that they're left with, or even if they don't answer their door, that they get. And I think that's important, too, because you don't know, you know, who's going to read that and when they'll refer back to that information.
0: Sarah, that is that is a lot. I mean, you have... Um the mm-hmm. not only door knocking but the campaign you said that there's a campaign that's happening online you all have created a yeah. website called standing with you i mean
1: mm-hmm. that
0: that obviously i mean that is that's i guess all of that was created on the national level is that right for, with students for life
1: yes and i guess let me backtrack just a little bit because Students for Life of America, you we were talking a lot about, you know, the leaders that we train, and even when we were talking about how our students seek out a lot of different trainings, um, one of the reasons why our students are interested in different aspects is because Students for Life of America a few years ago came up with a strategic approach to have five pillars of pro-life activism that in those five pillars kind of determine a holistic and strategic approach for our student groups and our organization to take. And we always try to engage in all five of those pillars to actually make an impact. And what they are is the first is effective education. So that's this you door to door where educating people or that's bringing in, you know, our students will bring in a speaker or they'll table on campus to start conversations or we've done displays in the past that educate. And then there's industry impact, which is all about trying to shut down abortion facilities and removing Planned Parenthood's influence from schools. And, you know, we've talked about this before, Monica, and that's why I wanted you to come and speak to the students when you did at that workshop, because, you know, that sex education is kind of that first way that abortion the workers can kind of get in the door and build that relationship with students. And so that's one of our huge pushes is to just stop Planned Parenthood from being in schools. So we have a huge campaign even to get Planned Parenthood out of Christian universities um, that mention Planned Parenthood on their website as a resource or as an internship, and then also going into the high schools and making sure that they have different curriculum than that. And so that's what impacting the industry is about. And, you know, our students work to close down their facility through sidewalk outreach, through offering those other resources. And then our next one is rapid response, which is all about anytime there's something pro-abortion going on, we want to be there with our you. If you're listening to this, you may have seen a lot of people know us by our black and white. I am the pro-life generation signs that they see in the media. And we intentionally do that because we want to show the media and the culture that, you no, know, even if there's this pro-abortion event going on, there's another side to this. And then there's public policy, which is pretty self-explanatory, but that legislative you know, piece of stopping abortion legislation and getting pro-life legislation in and electing pro-life leaders. And then the final one is supportive services, And we used to do this through what we called our Pregnant on Campus initiative to make sure that pregnant and parenting students have resources and they never have to choose between their education and their baby. We want to help them be able to do both those things and be successful at that. And we recently rebranded to this Standing With You. Um, So we've always had this website, but we rebranded it. And so that's where that Standing With You website comes in that we're advertising and this campaign is doing all of those five pillars, but we're branching out from just kind of the campus work to also getting the community involved through, we want churches to partner with us. We want them to be a part of a coalition for the Pro-Life Future campaign to say, okay, yeah, we'll send some of our mem- members out to door knock, or we'll send them, we're going to do some life chains and things like that. So we'll send people there and that pastors will commit to giving, you know, a pro-life sermon and talking about the importance of that as a church body to um, help and get involved. And so that's kind of the community aspect along with the door knocking. And then the campus side is our students have committed and, um, to, on campus, they'll be putting up flyers every other week that advertise the nearest pregnancy resource center. And those flyers are, you know, professionally done and everything. They'll table every other week with those resources and having those conversations and then they'll chalk on their campus as well. And then the digital ads are geo-targeted around all of the college campuses in Dallas as well as around the abortion facilities. And so on people's phones, whether they're in the area and they're on social media or we even have some on like streaming services and dating apps and all of these info areas that our ads will pop up to advertise pregnancy resources and then and you know, using targeted AdWords as well, if they're searching abortion, things like that. This hotline that we have will come up um to advertise that there are pregnancy options and they can talk to somebody.
0: That is a very impressive strategy. Um, and I and it's also great that the students for life of America are able to provide the resources to all the different regions to allow Mm -hmm. directors like yourself to be able to provide this to the students. So they have everything they need, those signs, the flyers, the geo tracking, (laughs) that's like speaking a language. I don't know. I'm too old for that, but I'm going to learn about it. Uh, But that's amazing. And I love this strategy about getting back into the community and getting into the churches and uh, and then, you know, and I don't know what this looks like, but I just really like that if a church decides to bring in students for life, that mm-hmm. the' that the pastor's also asking and and really, you know, to commit himself to at least one pro-life sermon. yeah, and and I love that. I, that mm-hmm. that is awesome. It's not just, hey, we have students for life, but actually having a sermon about. God's yeah. creation for humanity and his love for every single life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so that that's awesome. Have you seen a lot? Uh, you know, what's been the response from the community and from the churches?
1: We just launched this campaign in January. And so we're, you know, in the process of wanting churches to get involved. And so um, that's, you know, one way people could help to is telling their pastors, hey, you should You know, we want to be involved with this. And so we have some churches who have already doing pro-life work and they want to be involved. We have some other churches that want to hear more and are excited about the opportunity to be equipped because a lot of times churches just don't know how to talk about it or if they should. And so we're trying to be kind of that encouragement because we understand that it's very hard four pastors and four churches, they don't necessarily know how to approach it. So right now, we're in the process of meeting with all of the churches in Dallas and getting them on board with the campaign.
0: That's that's good, and that that shows a lot of grace because it is a difficult um, topic to talk about. And you know how do you, how do you respond to an argument, or how do you respond to someone who? starts crying in front of you because they've experienced right. an abortion or how do you respond? You know, just again, mm-hmm. how do you respond in all the different ways that other people, you know, may, may uh, have conflict with, with the message. So that mm-hmm. is truly equipping people and equipping mm-hmm. uh, the pastors and coming alongside those pastors. So that's wonderful. I love that. Um Sarah, tell us more about, I've seen that you guys have been at the Capitol as well and talking to either candidates or testifying on bills. Um, what is, you know, what is that looking like? How do you equip the students to do that? And so far, you know, what have been the results of that?
1: Yes, we, it's so exciting whenever it's legislative season in Texas and, It's been, we've been at the Capitol a lot because there's so many pro-life bills in the session this year. And so we've been there, Students for Life Action, we have about six priority pro-life bills that we're trying to get passed. And all of these bills were heard in the Senate State Affairs Committee on beginning, it was in the middle of March. And. These bills were all heard in that committee, which is really encouraging because the state affairs committee is actually one of the, I guess you would say the most prestigious committee that you want your bill to be heard in. And so we were really thankful that the senators agreed they would hear these bills. And there was seven pro-life senators on the committee and two mainly pro-choice senators on that committee. And we were able to go and testify, and I think we found out on a Friday afternoon that on the coming Monday, they were going to hear all of these bills. And so I sent out an alert to all of our students, and we ended up having over two dozen students there. And who came and they came from Baylor and University of Texas at San Antonio and from UT Austin. And we have an Austin homeschool group that came and some other high school students that came as well. And so they, you know, even drove to be there super early in the morning and they registered in support of the bills. And 12 of them also registered to testify. And so we were ended up being there for 16 hours. And which was very long, but we all got to testify. But what was crazy that happened is we started being trying to be censored by the sergeant of arms and the sergeant of arms officers, which are kind of the staff that run these committee meetings and the before. And so the sergeant of arms when, you know, we were very noticeable because I brought all of the students I am the pro-life generation t-shirts and they're bright blue. And there's this huge group of us standing in the hallway registering for these bills and getting set. And so there's just a lot of people noticing us and seeing our shirts. So the Sergeant of Arms comes over and says, Hey, you know, you won't be able to wear those shirts if you're planning to go into the gallery to watch the bills and testify. And I said, well, okay, can you please read to me the rule that states that we can't have these shirts, because I wasn't aware of that, and he read me this rule that states that there should be no, nobody should bring any signs, placards, banners, or anything affixed to them, like a sign or banner to the walls and so uh, he read that rule and i said okay so i'm just a little confused because that doesn't mention anything about shirts so do you see where you know i'm confused here and he said no i don't and i so he then walked away after this point and so we finished registering for our bills and then go to the door to be let in to the gallery where you're typically allowed That's where they're holding the committee meetings right now. And so that was where we could wait to be called on to testify. And the Sergeant of Arms staff member that was there, she said, sorry, there's no more seats left. And I was like, oh, really? It's already full. And she said, well, there's five seats left. And I said, okay, well, all 25 of us, you know, we don't need to go in all right now. Could we just have, you know, five of us will go in and the rest of the students will wait here in line until seats open up because there's a lot of bills heard in one day. So people start leaving after their bills are heard. So uh, she was like, well, you know, there's other people that will want in. So I'll give you one seat. And I said, well, it's been first come, first serve all morning, so why can't five of us go in? And she ended up saying that we could have four people go in, which I still don't know where this arbitrary thing was coming in, that all of us couldn't go in. But I think it was just because we were making such a scene with our pro-life shirts and everybody at the Capitol was noticing. And so four of us went in and I had the other students line up and I'm like, "Okay, they're all waiting to go in until when a seat opens up. And so we went in and they said, okay, you will have to cover up your shirts and turn around your masks because we are wearing pro-life masks as well. And so we got a recording of them telling us to do that and buttoning up our jackets and stuff and then went inside. And anytime, you know, some people were wearing blazers and stuff. So maybe our sweater that didn't button. So sometimes the shirts would show and the staff was on us like hawks. Anytime our shirts would, you know, somewhat be showing, they would rush over to where we were sitting and be like, please, you like, you need to cover that up. And so finally, I went back out and talked to the Sergeant of Arms again, alongside a attorney that was there from Texas Right to Life, who said she would come over and help me talk to them. And She, so we went over and we were talking to him about the rule again and that it's not explicit and why, you know, are we being harassed for wearing these pro-life shirts? And he said the same rule again, that doesn't mention shirts. And then he looked at me and at that point I had my sweater button so you could, couldn't see my full shirt. He said, you know, you're, it's okay how you have it right now. And then we kind of turned to walk away and he kind of shoved my arm, which I think You know how when people like shove you back when they're kind of joking, he did that, but very aggressively and on my arm and said, but I know you're going to take it off when you go in there. And in the moment I was like, okay, like maybe he's joking. But as I was thinking about that, it was just super uncomfortable and realizing he was really trying to intimidate me. And it was just super inappropriate to touch me at all. And to say that I'm, you know, accuse me before that, oh, you're just going to take it off after I told you what to do. And so it would kind of felt like or was that we were being bullied all day. And then it's interesting because we put out, Students for Life of America put out a press release about what was happening. And about a couple hours later, after the senators had taken a break to go into an emergency caucus, we started, they started leaving us alone completely. And we even started walking in with our shirts completely showing and then wouldn't say anything. And when our first student was called up to testify, our plan was to take off our jackets and wear our shirts when we testified. And so she did that. And one staff member had said, hey, you need to put on your, you know, you need to cover up your shirt. And another staff member rushed over and were like, oh, no, we're so sorry. Like, she's fine. She can go in. And so I think after the press release that we put out and after we were asking questions, they realized, okay, this is a big deal. They're not going to back down and just do this if this isn't our role. And there's rumors that even the senators, when they emergency caucus, they talked about it and just said they didn't want it to reflect badly because they were holding this pro-life hearing. And so I know, you know, that could have been a factor as well. But from there, there was a lot of interruptions that day to the Senate hearing. So we were there and there's tons of people there to testify. And there were some people to testify against the bills, um, and so we, some of us didn't even testify until about 11 p.m. at night, and but mm-hmm. we all got our voices heard, and it was it was really neat to be able to be a part of. And the next day, I went back, and they voted, and all of those bills passed committee, and then they just went to the Senate floor this week. And so again, my students went back to the Capitol and we we didn't have much time because we found out it was going to a floor and the floor meeting was starting at 11 and the Capitol opens at eight. And so we got there at eight and we were able to visit all 31 senators, um, whether they were pro-life or pro-choice, we went to all of them. And we delivered letters from the nearly 100 Students for Life group in Texas saying that we wanted this legislation passed. And so we hustled and visited every single senator and then they went into session and seven pro-life bills, five of which we've really had um, been working on all passed through the Senate. And it was official just actually a couple hours ago that they all passed.
0: Yes. Yes. So yeah. oh, I feel like I should have sound effects going Yay! Yeah. and lots of clapping. <laughs> yeah. That was, that is amazing. Amazing. Um, You know what stands out to me Is that because you knew your rights and because you knew the process? And Mm -hmm. I also know you personally that you're not (laughs) someone who would yell and be weird. You were just basically standing for your right and the rights of, Mm -hmm. of the students who are with you to be able, you know. To, to wear your t-shirts which was yeah. and you asked for the rule and I know you I know that if the rule said no t-shirts with mm-hmm. you know if they called it propaganda I don't know what they would call it yeah um that, that you you know that, that perhaps at that point be like okay is that a real rule but mm-hmm. you know you, you did everything right and and the censoring the harassment the intimidation um uncalled for mm-hmm. but you also took that step of doing the press release, which really helped. Mm
1: -hmm. And,
0: and it allowed all of that to go away and for you all to do what you needed to do, which was that you were there to provide very good testimony and Mm -hmm. educated testimony. Um, You were not there. And I, because I've seen students for life, I know that you all were not there to create a scene. You were there Mm -hmm. together, unified to speak and to follow the process to just Mm -hmm. follow the process. You, you know, you weren't trying to do a dance. You weren't trying to play music. You weren't trying to do anything weird. You weren't throwing things anywhere. You were just there to testify and to follow the process. And that's Mm -hmm. what I want, you know, our, the people, you know, everyone who's listening right now is when we know the process and when we know the rules, I know that uh, Jonathan Stickland mentioned that about when he, he's a representative that he was, he had never done anything like that. He got elected and, and I asked him, how did you become so successful? And he said, because when you know the rules, then you know the and the process and you can really make a difference. And, yeah. and that is what's so important. Yeah, and he, he said that he's like, so, oh, oh, he, he didn't tell me who it was. He's like, but a, a seasoned lady at the Capitol said, you need to know the rules and when you know the mm. rules you'll be able to be successful and he did that and he studied the rules and but you did the same thing you knew your mm. rights you were calm you did mm. everything right and you all were able to testify and and now we're seeing that these bills have passed and so, which is amazing uh, it's been an, a very interesting 87th you know session I know, yeah. um, mm-hmm. And, you know, Sarah, and I'm sure you know this, but I just have to say again that you were um, you modeled a great leadership for those students. And so now they know that they can do this. And for Mm -hmm. anyone listening right now, whether you're 50, 60 or 19, it doesn't matter if you Mm -hmm. know the process and you're doing what you know is right. Uh, and you're not doing anything that's against the law or against the rules, and you know you have the right to be there and testify. Right. So that yeah, that is I, amazing. I was so what y'all proud did. of
1: the students. Yeah, thank you. I was just so proud of the students because they were, you know, after they saw what was going on, and that could have intimidated them from wanting to be there mm-hmm. or testify. And a lot of them, it was their first time at the Capitol, but they were just so bold, and we were all in it together because we wanted our voice to be heard. And then just to see that that actually matters, that they are listening. And I would, it was pretty clear that the senators listened to the students more closely than anybody else in the room. You could just see in their faces, they would lean in, they would ask the students more questions than they asked anybody else. And there was just something about having those young people there and showing them, you know, millennials and Gen Z, this is the issue we care about that really touched the senators and really got them to listen. And I just, I was so inspired by that. And just thinking about other causes in history, it's always been young people that once you have them on the side of your movement and they're the ones making the change, that movement has been successful. And even if you look at, you know, the civil rights movement and all the segregation, there was lots of college students and young people that actually had groups and leadership workshops similar to what we do. And they were the ones leading that movement. And there's even children who went to jail the same day Martin Luther King Jr. did. And I think once you have, we've seen, you know, throughout history, once you have the young people that, it's winning. And so I really do believe life is winning and that's inspiring to me to see that. And so I think I get emboldened because I'm encouraged, okay, these students are here so I can be bold and lead them even when it's tough and there's people harassing us or intimidating us.
0: That's right. You were definitely bold. You always have been. Um, One thing that you're talking about, the truth is, is that the other side knows how to utilize and train the youth as well. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I have spoken to in meetings as in coalitions, as well as with parents is the importance of helping your children find value. So one, they need to know their value. They're just inherent value that they have, but to mm-hmm. help your children find purpose. And when we find that we're purposeful and when, especially when we're young, when you're parents or when someone like Sarah, a leader of, a, or, you know, of her area here in the Students for Life, when an adult is, is training and educating and believing in the young voices and giving them purpose and then allowing them to train them up so that they can testify at the Capitol or you know, do the door-to-door knocking or do a presentation or to right. give them you know that guidance that they can ask candidates questions, yeah. that is purpose. That is having yeah, that and, is. and knowing that you are valuable and that your voice is important and that you can make a positive change. And I think many times that if we are so busy with life, which as a single mom I'm not single anymore. But at the time when I was a single mom, I know what it's like to feel so overworked. And, you know, Mm -hmm. there's just so much going on, it's hard to take to stop and to help your children find that value or that purpose. But it's so important, because moms and dads, if you're listening, grandparents, or future moms and dads, if your children are not by guided by you, and if they're not getting their you know, hearing from you and and, mo- and you modeling to them how valuable they are and helping them to find purpose in their everyday lives, someone else is going to do it for them. And a lot and and we know who that someone else is. You know, we we see yeah. in the media, in the in the world culture, and in schools, there are many other ideologies who are going to quickly want to come in and swoop up your kid and tell them you are valuable. Your voice is powerful. And I can teach you how to use that and make a change in your community. But they're leading them down a very dangerous path. And so it's really important, mom and dad, that if you're interested in Students for Life, and getting involved in that, if that's something that your family's behind, you know, Sarah, how can they get in contact with Students for Life if if parents are hearing this right now, or even if a young person is hearing this right now, and they're thinking, I believe in this, but I need to know more. I don't feel equipped. How do I get training? How do I get education? How do I get plugged in? Let us, Mm -hmm. can you please tell us how to do that?
1: Yes, for sure. So we, like I said, we have nearly 100 students for life groups across Texas and those are in middle schools, high schools, colleges, med and law schools. And then we have young adult groups for young professionals in the community as well. And so, if you, the best way to get involved is just to email your state at studentsforlife.org. And so here in Texas, you would email texas at studentsforlife.org or whatever your state is if you're listening from somewhere else. And once you do that, you know, just say how you want to be involved, whether that's just getting educated, being aware of events, or joining a group, or even starting a group. And if, You know, if there's you tell me what your school you're at, and then we can get you connected with that Students for Life group that's already there. And that's the best way to really get plugged in is through those campus and school groups. And we would love to introduce you to other students already doing it. And then again, if there's not already a group at your school, we want to be there to help you start a group at your school. And I think that can sometimes sound intimidating to students, but just know we have you know, we will mentor you one-on-one. We have a whole team that even helps with that and will get you all the resources you need. We have a guidebook. We have an activism kit. We have resources that we'll give you and we'll train you. And a lot of our training is first, you know, I'm just being a good leader and how to run your group and on those five pillars of pro-life activism to introduce you to them. And then we go into really equipping you with pro-life apologetics and how to talk about what you believe and actually, you know, maybe even find out more about the issue and what you believe through those pro-life apologetics trainings. And there's the opportunity for you to involve to get involved too through just attending some of our trainings. And the best way is just to go to our website and sign up for our email list and you'll get information on webinars that we do, which is also pro-life apologetics or on different topics. And we have a great resource called studentsforlifehq.com. It's just a, you can register for a free account on it. And it's a training platform for young people, what we call the pro-life generation to get equipped. And so there's videos on there that train you. There's free resources that you can use as an individual or in a group, if you want to get started and involved in that. And That's really the best way. Again, we follow your stay at studentsforlife.org and then that way we can keep you updated too, whether that's being in a group or just joining some of these events. And that's the best thing you can do. You can also follow us on social media. It's just studentsforlife on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And that's a great way to stay, stay updated as well.
0: That's very good. Yeah, thank you. So parents, if you're interested or if you're a young person wanting, or just anyone who's wanting to get involved in Students for Life, you know now how to access uh, their information and get connected with them. Um, I wanted to go back and talk again about what you're doing. The door-to-door knocking, uh, I think, is is amazing. And I want to emphasize why this is so important. And, and I don't think Sarah knew this until we had a conversation before this podcast about this, but um getting involved in your community is a lot more than just advertising a service. Um, when I was a comprehensive sex educator, my job, 40 hours a week, was to knock on the doors in, in the areas that I was told to go to. Um, and it was predominantly uh, impoverished areas, people of color, Planned Parenthood was there. Um, and my, and I was in a coalition with Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood invited me and trained me on how to reach out to children. And so Mm -hmm. even though I was working with an HIV organization, I was basically doing outreach for Planned Parenthood as well. And because my job was not only to talk about sex on the street, um, but it was also to provide referrals to Planned Parenthood for birth control, abortion or if they needed STD testing, they could go there, or they could go to the STD clinic in the city, or if they wanted something specific to HIV, then I would tell them to come to my organization. But the point is, is that I was literally paid to walk the streets of these neighborhoods, knock on the doors, wait for the kids to get off the school bus after school and talk to them about sex. And so many times, you know, when we've talked about this at CareNet or uh, Heartbeat International, All these pregnancy resource centers are asking me, well, why is it that everyone's going there? How do they get so many many people to go there? Well, because they're not just advertising. I don't know that they put a lot of effort, at least back then, into the advertising piece. Um, They do now because we have so much more with with social media and everything. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it was just that door-to-door knocking. If there was a Juneteenth event, I was there. If there was single MIO event, I was there. Uh, that was my job to be there. And essentially students for life is taking somewhat of that model. Not that you took it from them. I think you've created it yourself and you were going door to door and talking about life. And then you've already created these resources to refer them to mm-hmm. comprehensive pregnancy resource centers in the community. And that is phenomenal because that is what we're needing is we're needing people in the community on a consistent basis. And that, that is what was one of the keys is that they knew that I was going to be there every Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, because I was consistent about what I was doing. So they expected Monica to show up and there I was with my bag of, backpack of condoms. So, um, you know, I'm so grateful for the Lord (laughs) taking all of that, but but this is, but it is effective. It is very effective. If we think that we can sit back and do a blog and if we can, you know, and hope that, or or whatever, and do a little bit of advertising and hope people are gonna walk through our door, that's not gonna happen. It's going to happen because we're involved in the community. So what you guys are doing uh, throughout the nation, but specifically, Sarah, what you said you're doing in Dallas is that you're actually targeting the areas that have abortion clinics nearby and so you're you're working that and and i know that the the more you do that consistently you'll be able to branch out even further so great job great job sarah are there any other things that you'd like to share um with with our listeners about the pro life generation just
1: i would encourage everybody to find where you can help. And that can look different for everyone. and But it does just take all of us working together within your strengths. And everybody has something that they can offer the pro-life movement. So I just want to encourage you, whether you have doubts, whether you're unsure, just go for it because you don't have to be completely ready. You don't have to know everything. You know, I started as a student with Students for Life of America. And I never thought it would be something I would do full time or something that I could even do. I actually, you know, I had heard about pro-life apologetics for the first time at a Christian worldview camp I was at, and it just really broke my heart. And I had went back to my campus and saw that a pro-life club was starting, and I didn't know, but I was walking into being president and founder of the Students for Life Club there because it was just a staff member who... Had wanted students to be involved and she would be the advisor. And so I walked into being president and founder, didn't think I could ever do that, but there were, you know, my students for life regional coordinator. She was always with me to train me. She had all the students for life materials. And so I would just encourage you, if you're nervous, if you're unsure, like just get in contact with us, just Maybe your first step is just following us on social media and seeing more that we do or, you know, signing up for StudentsForLife.org or on our email list. If that's your first step, that's great. And just keep taking steps because this is the greatest injustice that we are facing. And there's, you know, so many people willing to speak out against other issues and. And that's good. You know, there's other things, you know, like human trafficking or homelessness that a lot of people are willing to speak out about, but it, there's far less people willing to speak out and say, well, abortion is wrong too. And that's a huge injustice and, and no other issue today. And America is taking more human lives every single day than abortion. And so I just want to encourage you. The time is now for you to get involved and do something. And I want to Help anybody listening whether you're a parent or a student yourself or a young adult that there is something that you can do to help save lives and change lives.